2: Welcome to the
3: Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DeNiro, and today we have a super stacked show for you because we're talking all about AEW Dynamite, the go-home show for Forbidden Door. Not only are we talking about AEW, we're going to be going back in time for the first time in a long time to Monday Night Raw, March 31st, 1997. We also have a special guest on the show today. We're going to have, from the OTTR Podcast, the host of Off The Top Ropes podcast, Blackheart. Ladies and gentlemen, shout out to all the podcasts that show me love. Shout out to OTTR, Circle of Debate, Top Rope Wrestling. Shout out to uh, Coming Down The Aisle, Dirty Heels, Kenny from The Call Up. Yo, I appreciate all my colleagues. I appreciate the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. I also deeply appreciate my wrestling DeLorean passengers, Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. I have the best fans in the world. If you don't already, follow along on Instagram at Pod, Follow on TikTok at Pod, Follow on Twitter at W underscore Pod. Without you, there is no me. So shout out to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. I love you guys so much. We're going to have a special episode on Monday because we're talking all about Forbidden Door. And I may have a special guest on that episode as well. But for now, let's cut the chit-chat and let's get into the Superstack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Friday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We have quite the show for you. We're going to be talking about AEW from this past Wednesday. We're going back in time like we do All the time here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. That's why it's the DeLorean. We go back in time. We're going to be going back to Monday Night Raw is War from March 31st, 1997. And we're going to be having a special guest join us, Blackheart from the OTTR Podcast. We're going to discuss some of the news in the wrestling world, especially this controversy going on with Vince McMahon. Mentioned it a little bit last week on the Friday show. So we're going to get a little more in-depth, a little deeper dive on this show. But first, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors at Three Falls Brand. If you don't already, follow Three Falls Brand, the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet and the home to wrestling DeLorean merchandise. But I'm going to let the CEO and co-founder of Three Falls Brand, Mean Gene, tell you all about the company now. Hey
4: listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your Wrestle Punk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits, we've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand, again, check us out at 3fallsbrand.com and on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
3: So let's let's talk a little bit about AEW Dynamite. I thought that this was a pretty good episode, a show that had a lot going into it, especially with uh, Forbidden Door coming up this Sunday, AEW versus New Japan. There was a lot of last minute match uh, announcements. There was a lot of New Japan pro wrestling uh, stars being featured. Not only do we have Forbidden Door this Sunday, but we also have Blood and Guts next Wednesday. So it's going to be a Big couple uh, days, a big week for AEW. Show starts out with Brian Danielson. He comes out to discuss his uh, future for Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts. He talks highly about the whole Forbidden Door pay-per-view, talks about how New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW are the two top wrestling promotions in the world, and they're coming together for this big event. He also says that we have the best pure wrestling coming on Sunday, but next week we have the most violent wrestling. As things get a little extreme and we do Blood and Guts, Double cage, going to be really, really violent. He says that Chris Jericho paid Zack Sabre Jr. to call him out. Brian Danielson was excited to prove Zack Sabre Jr. wrong when Zack Sabre Jr. said that he is the most technical wrestler in the world. Brian Danielson said he was also looking forward to crushing Zack Sabre Jr.'s trachea. He said he was looking forward to getting revenge on Jericho at Blood and Guts. He was looking forward to getting his... Uh, match with Zack Saber Jr. at Forbidden Door, but he has good news and he has bad news, and the bad news is that at this moment, Brian Danielson is not cleared to wrestle at neither event. With that being said, Brian Danielson said that he has high standards and found the one person that he trusts to replace him at Forbidden Door and at Blood and Guts but he was not going to reveal it. We all have to find out on Sunday at the pay-per-view. Now, if you ask me, I don't think this is somebody coming into AEW. I mean, I don't think this is somebody in AEW. I think this is somebody coming into AEW. The man who I think is going to be the mystery opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. and also joining the Blackpool Combat Club at Blood and Guts is a man who... Is really good friends with Brian Danielson in real life. He's a man who was a tag team partner of Brian Danielson near the end of Danielson's WWE run. And that's Claudio Castagnoli, better known as Cesaro. I think that Cesaro is going to be making his AEW uh, debut, he's going to be joining Blackpool Combat Club. He says that they're going to have the best technical matchup that AEW ever saw. And if you tell me that Claudio versus Zack Sabre Jr., that damn well could be the best technical matchup that AEW's ever saw. So I don't think Danielson's lying here. I think that it will be really cool. I see some people saying that they think it's going to be Johnny Gargano. I doubt it. I think it's definitely going to be Claudio Castagnoli, which is going to be awesome for me because I'm a big Claudio fan. And I think that he's going to be a good addition to AEW. You next see Moxley backstage. He says that next week is going to be personal. He is in the biggest matchup of his life on Sunday. He's just talking about both matches uh, against uh, what's called Tanahashi and also Blood and Guts against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Opening matchup, we have Orange Cassidy and Ropungi Vice versus the United Empire. Will Ospreay on Aussie Open. This is a high-octane matchup. Very fun. Lots of action. Orange Cassidy and Rapungi Vice, in the end, pick up the victory. Uh, Jeff Cobb. And the great Okan come out. And it looks like we're about to get a five-on-three beatdown where the United Empire is going to take out Orange Cassidy and Roppongi Vice. But that's not the case because FTR makes the save. We have a five-on-five five, uh, stare down. And then the United Empire, they, they leave, they retreat. Now something that I was really looking forward to. We had Tony Schiavone bringing out Christian Cage in hopes that he will be getting answers for Christian Cage's actions last week when he attacked Jungle Boy. Christian Cage said that, you know, this was all a plan since Jungle Boy eliminated him from the Battle Royal at Double or Nothing 2021. He says that he is not here to elevate the younger talent. He is here to make lots of money. Then when Tony Schiavone brings up the statement that or the comments that Christian Cage said last week to Jungle Boy's mother, Christian Cage says that he thinks that Jungle Boy's mother kind of wanted him. He says that Jungle Boy looked at Christian Cage like a father figure. But Jungle Boy had a father. Then the super heel Christian Cage says Jungle Boy's father died. And it's good that he died because he doesn't have to see the type of piece of shit that Jungle Boy grew up to be. This was absolutely going way too far. Luchasaurus comes out. He's pissed off at the statement. He chokes Christian Cage in the corner. Christian Cage tries to get him to stop. He says, remember what happened to Marco? Which makes Luchasaurus kind of like loosening his grip on Christian Cage's throat. Christian Cage then says, Luchasaurus, you're like a son to me. Luchasaurus lets go. Christian Cage then gives Luchasaurus a hug and says, we need to talk in private. Christian Cage then walks off with a very distraught and conflicted Luchasaurus. This is very interesting. Uh, I wonder if they're going to do a thing where Luchasaurus is, you know, conflicted on who he goes with. Does he ride with Christian Cage? Does he go with Jungle Boy? I like the team of the Jurassic Express, but I'll tell you this. I think that the Jurassic Express ran their course. Luchasaurus could be a monstrous heel, and Jungle Boy needs to take his career to the next level and become the babyface singles wrestler that everyone knows he could be. He's one of the four pillars, but he's one of the only pillars not to have a singles run. And I think that now's the time to pull the trigger. This feudal Christian Cage is going to better Jungle Boy and give him some of that ruthless aggression that he needs and he's lacking. So I definitely am excited to see where they go with this. We got the Young Bucks and Kyle O'Reilly backstage. The Bucks are uh, gloating about being a two-time tag team champions. They said that they will be there on Sunday. The Bucks will be teaming up with Bullet Club members ELP, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleu to go against Sting, Darby Allin, and Sting's cronies, who later on it was revealed is Shingo Takagi and Huromo Takahashi from the LIJ faction in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, you know, shout out to Circle of Debate. That was my Ned Flanders moment of the night. Uh, for the All-Atlantic qualifi- uh, qualifier matchup, we had Malachi Black and Penta Oscuro. This matchup was a little bit predictable because we know the, the drama behind the whole AAA wrestlers not being able to wrestle this show for New Japan and AEW, so it was pretty much predictable that Malachi Black was going to win this. Nonetheless, still a good matchup, but Malachi Black does win this matchup. He advances. It is now going to be Malachi Black versus Pac versus Miro, Versus Ishii for the All-Atlantic World Champion. We had uh, Pac Miro and Malachi all stare down, blah, blah, blah. Next, we have Adam Cole comes out for commentary for a matchup between Hangman Page and Silas Young, who made his AEW debut on uh, this night. He, He is a former Ring of Honor television champion. Silas Young and Hangman Page had a feud of their own in Ring of Honor. So two guys who know each other very well. This was a really good matchup, lots of good chemistry. Like I said, these guys met in the past, so they're no strangers to each other. After the matchup, which was won by Hangman Page, Adam Cole gets on the mic and he says, who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? But he is quickly interrupted by Switchblade Jay White. Jay says that he is responsible for all this. He's responsible for AEW and he's responsible for the Forbidden Door, but His opponent is still not going to be Adam Cole because Cole lost to Hangman twice. Jay then says that he won't be Hangman's opponent neither because Hangman is not in Jay White's level. Hangman then brawls with uh, Jay White. This leads to Adam Cole coming out and they go for a two-on-one jumping of uh, Hangman Page. But then we got Kazuchika Okada making the debut in AEW, making the save. And it is now official. It's going to be a four-way for the IWGP champion. Adam Cole versus Hangman Page versus Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker. This should be a really good main event matchup at the pay-per-view. Great to see Okada in AEW. Great to see Okada in the United States. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. We have Marina Shafir versus Tony Storm. This was a uh, whatever matchup. It was... It's sad that the women don't get much time on AEW. They have so much talent. They need more matches on this show. I was starting to say that it seems like AEW is turning the corner on, you know, one match for the women per show, when on the pay-per-view you had three matches for the women. I thought that that was a great step forward. But then since then, we've been back to one match per Rampage, one match per Dynamite. So for three hours of wrestling a week you can't get the women more time on this show i don't know i think that AEW needs to definitely showcase their women a lot more uh as for the thunder rosa tony storm matchup on the pay-per-view i'm looking forward to it still once again a shame that there's only one woman's matchup on that whole pay-per-view but i uh i think that tony storm might be taking the title away from thunder rosa Main event time, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi for his first matchup in AEW. His first matchup on AEW television. Teaming up with his opponent at Forbidden Door, John Moxley, going against Lance Archer and Chris Jericho. This was a pretty good main event. A lot of star power. Not only just in AEW, but stars from Japan. Tanahashi, if you don't know, is one of the biggest names in New Japan Pro Wrestling for like the last 10 years. Shit, actually for maybe the last 20 years, I'd say. Hiroshi Tanahashi is the ace of New Japan. Uh, a good comparison would be what something I always said was Hiroshi Tanahashi is like the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's cool to see him here on American television. Him mixing it up with guys like Chris Jericho. Him teaming up with uh, John Moxley. Really good to see. In the end, it was Tanahashi hitting the high fly flow, which is a frog splash onto Lance Archer for the victory for his team. After the matchup, Chris Jericho is brawling with Eddie Kingston, which leads to uh, Sammy Guevara interfering and Wheeler Yuta. And then we got Minoru Suzuki and Shota. Then we got the Jericho Appreciation Society out. Then we had Santana Ortiz. And we just have absolute chaos all around ringside as John Moxley stares down Tanahashi in the ring, which seemed to go a little too long. It looked a little awkward at times. But nonetheless, a good way to close the show showcasing a giant brawl between AEW and New Japan. I'm looking forward to uh, Forbidden Door. If you want to hear my predictions on what's going to go down at Forbidden Door and who I think is going to win the matches, check me out on last night's appearance on the Circle of Debate podcast. Shout out to Circle of Debate. Shout out to Ivan. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Chris. All the people at Circle of Debate. I love you guys. Definitely check them out. I gave my predictions of Forbidden Door on their show last night, so check that out. As for this episode of AEW Dynamite, I'm giving this a strong 3.5 out of 5 stars. I do feel like it was a good go-home show for the pay-per-view, but in the world of AEW, I feel like it's a big deal that Blood and Guts is next week, and it's kind of in the shadows of Forbidden Door. I would have had Blood and Guts be a week after next week, so in two weeks, so you could have the fallout Forbidden Door, and then you could build up to Blood and Guts, Here, it's like you got to rush the build because you also are building up to something else. So it kind of seemed like it was in the shadows. And for that, it kind of made things a little clunky. So I'm giving it three out of five stars, but I'm definitely looking forward to Forbidden Door this Sunday. Now, it's been a little hard for me to do the classic reviews, but I promised that they were coming back this Friday, and it is Friday. So as promised, when we come back from this commercial break, we're talking all about Monday Night Raw from... March 31st, 1997, Raw is war when we come back, so stay tuned. Protesters
0: and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman.
5: My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics.
3: Classic Wrestling Reviews here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast is back, as promised. And they're not going anywhere. They're going to stay back. We're going to be doing classic reviews of Monday Night Raw, ECW, TNA, and a whole lot more. That is why we're called the Wrestling DeLorean. And with that being said, today we're going to be talking about the March 31st episode of Raw is War. This is a stacked show. Matches like Bulldog versus Owen for the European Champion, Triple H versus Goldust, Dust. Rocky Maivia versus Bret Hart, and Stone Cold Steve Austin's in the house. So let's get into this episode of Raw right now. The March 31st, 1997 episode of Raw is War starts out with the European Championship matchup between Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Owen Hart attacks Bulldog right off the bat, before the bell even rings. So early on, this is all Owen. Owen Hart hits a blatant low blow in front of referee Errol Hebner, who just watched it and gave him a warning. I don't know why that was not a DQ. But, anyway... We have the match thrown out in the end just due to absolute chaos. Uh, the referee Humner cannot control Owen Hart and Bulldog. Bridge Bulldog goes to hit Owen Hart with a chair and Brett the Hitman Hart comes out. He stops this from being done. He then gets on the mic and tries to convince Owen Hart and Bulldog that they are family and should stick together instead of being torn apart by America because Americans have no family value. This is the start of the Hart Foundation. Owen Hart and British Bulldog walk off with Bret Hart, and it is clear that they are buying the bullshit that Bret Hart is selling them. Next, we got a matchup featuring the stars of AAA. We got El Mascaro versus Supernova. Quick matchup, El Mascaro won, but it was really just to showcase Sonny who was on commentary doing very Sonny things. Um, next, we got the Legion of Doom. They're interviewed by Jr. Animal threatens Bret Hart for talking shit about America. And they say that they're going to rip out the tracheas of Owen Hart and Bulldog when they face them in Rochester at the Revenge of Taker for the WWF champions. I think it's funny because the word trachea is not something you typically hear in wrestling. And then we had on AEW, Brian Danielson threatening to kick the trachea of... Zack Sabre Jr., and we have the Legions of Doom talking about ripping the trachea out of Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Anyway, next we got the roadie, Jesse James, coming out to singing his uh, song, Home With My Baby Tonight, the former theme song of Jeff Jarrett. You know that shit? Spend my days working hard on the road. That shit. I could go a lifetime without ever hearing that song again, and I'd be a happy man. I don't know. Some people fucking love that shit, but... Jesse James has a jobber matchup. Oh, he he has a squash matchup against a jobber, I should say. Jesse James wins. Afterwards, Honky Talk Man gets off commentary and says that he wants Jesse James to be his man. He then offers his guitar to Jesse James. Jesse James looks like he wants to accept it. He grabs the guitar and then he just smashes it and declines. And he says that guitar is out of tune. This could have been on Saturday night, fucking shotgun Saturday night or some shit. It didn't have to be on Raw. Anyway, we got a video package of Ken Shamrock. It looks like Ken Shamrock is going to be coming back soon to the WWF. And he's going to be competing. We then get Paul Bear coming out. He wants Taker back. We, If you remember the week before this, Paul Bear, was, he left Mankind and he wants to rejoin Undertaker. Here, Paul Bear is apologizing to Taker and saying that he held him back all these years. And now Taker is where he properly should have been the whole time at the top of the mountain as the WWF champion. And he's begging him. He says, please let me come home. Please let me be by your side again. Undertaker comes out. He sees that there's a casket ringside. And he locks the casket because he don't want nobody popping out of him. Which typically is the reason why there'll be a casket ringside. Undertaker says that betrayal is something that he will never forget. But it may be something he's able to forgive. Undertaker then Hands over the WWF title to Paul Bear, and Paul Bear looks happy. He's grinning from cheek to cheek, and then boom, Undertaker knocks Paul Bear the fuck out with a heavy right hand. He then goes after Paul Bear ringside, but this leads to Mankind coming out from under the ring and throwing a fireball, like a wizard, to Undertaker's face, which leads to Psycho Sid coming out and chasing off Mankind and Paul Bear. It is announced that it's going to be Psycho Sid versus Mankind next week on Raw is War. We then get the grudge match between Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Goldust. This is a very intense matchup for a very intense feud. The match gets thrown out, though, after officials can't break it up. Pat Patterson comes out. He brawls with Triple H for some reason. China takes out Pat Patterson. Goldust takes out Triple H, and then Goldust threatens China to hit her. They have a stare down. This feud is far from over. I like the intensity in this feud, though. Then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. He makes his way to the ring. He's going to be interviewed by Vince McMahon. Austin is pissed. He says that he never quit at WrestleMania. He says that Bret Hart on his best day cannot beat him. He cannot get the job done. Stone Cold will not quit to that piece of trash. He says, speaking of piece of trash, Bret Hart is the biggest piece of trash he's ever met in his life. And he said, since he became the king of the ring in 1996, I have my heart set out on one thing, and that is whipping ass. Bret Hart is on the Tron, and he says that Stone Cold has some nerve showing up. Bret Hart says that he is finished with Austin, and he will not wrestle him again. Stone Cold says that you got to kill him to be finished with him. He says one day he's going to be standing over Bret Hart's grave, and the grave is going to say, here lies Bret the Hitman Hart, the biggest son of a bitch that ever lived. And he is here because Stone Cold whipped his ass,
6: and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so.
3: Speaking of Bret the Hitman Hart, he's featured a lot in this matchup. Oh, a lot in this show. As he was in the main event, he is going against Rocky Maivia for the WWF Intercontinental title. Good showing for both men. Rocky Maivia is showing that very young in his career, he is able to hang with a wrestler like Bret the Hitman Hart. The match is thrown out when Bret the Hitman Hart has a figure four leg lock on the ring post and refuses to break it. So the referee throws out the match. Now I, I I hate this shit because you have two title matches thrown out, and then you have the match between Bret Hart, I mean Triple H and Goldust thrown out. Like, come on, are we going to get clean finishes? If it's not a squash match, we don't get clean finishes on Raw, which is something that we still don't see to this day. But like, come on, why would you waste your opportunity to get DQ'd in a title match? Doesn't Bret Hart want to be the Intercontinental Champion? I mean, shit, he talks all that shit about America. It's a continental champion supposed to represent the world. Wouldn't that be fitting for Bret Hart to become the champion of the world? I don't know, but nonetheless, Bret Hart doesn't break up to figure four until Stone Cold Steve Austin attacks Bret Hart ringside, but then we have Owen Hart and Bridge Bulldog coming out and attacking Stone Cold Steve Austin until the Legion of the Doom makes the save, and we go off the air with Stone Cold The Rock and the Legion of Doom standing tall in the ring. This was a stacked episode of Raw with a lot of stacked matches, but those matches didn't have real finishes, so I can't really say it was a good episode of Raw. I'm giving this a three out of five, though. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to what's to come next week on Monday Night Raw. Now, when we come back, we're going back into the present time, and we're going to be joined by Blackheart from the Off the Top Ropes podcast, and we're going to be talking about the controversy going on in the wwe so stay tuned
1: how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today
6: It's the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Easter Flock, shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, big day hatred, and rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike DeNiro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike. If it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And that definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Deloraine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do many and I've done some big ones and this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Deloraine podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Deloraine podcast. And remember... They do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man.
3: I have a very special guest today. I'm here with my homie Blackheart from Off the Top Rose Podcast. Now you heard me talk about off the top ropes many times here on the podcast before. You heard me talk about WrestleNary. Of course, I'm the WrestleNary champion, not to toot my own horn. But so I got I gotta bring the main man. I had to bring the host of off the top ropes, the wrestling DeLorean. So he is here today. So thank you for coming, man.
4: Shout out to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Shout out to you, Mike Nero, our OTCR Wrestlingary champion. Uh still can still kind of shop yeah, yes, you won this whole goddamn thing. So he's gonna be. Returning back and forth, defending that title. We come back after July 29th when we have to see the season two of Wrestlingary coming out soon and a lot more stuff. Come check us out, ladies and gentlemen. Don't want to miss out.
3: Now you are the man with all the questions, right? You always ask the questions on Wrestlingary. When are we gonna see you step into the
2: ring? Never. We never <laughs> <laughs> i, I was think say, the, like I, the- mean, uh, I
4: think people like it this way. So I would probably keep the mystique and if someone else creates some questions, then y'all can, you know, y'all can try to do it. I
3: feel you, man. But all right. So today we got a special episode where We we uh, don't typically go deep diving into news and shit. But there's a lot of go- a lot going down with WWE, a lot going down with the whole allegations and scandals. I briefly talked about it on Friday after SmackDown, after Vince McMahon made his appearance. But I mm-hmm. thought we could get, you know, a little more deep into it. So overall, what's your thoughts on everything that's going down right now with Vince McMahon and the scandal and the hush money and all that bullshit?
4: kind of said this for a long time, so I'm going to reiterate myself in this in this case. Vince McMahon is one of the biggest pimps in all of professional wrestling. And matter of fact, shout out to New Jack. God bless his soul, because he was the one that actually made that line. Um, mm-hmm. So he's one of the biggest pimps professor of, the rest of the history, once he's done with your ass, you're in the trash. You move on to a new toy, whatever the case may be. But now the extension web we weave between him, John Laurinaitis, and uh, Kevin Dunn with embezzling money on top of that. And, you know, I'm saying that this all type of financial securities laws that I think they're trying to investigate. And as we learn currently, now there's five law firms Now being invest now investigating WWE into these practices, and and you're sitting back, you're sitting back, you're looking at this seventy six year old man coming on television and basically not really acknowledging the whole situation, kind of brushing by like, yeah, I'm only out here just to open up the show. Mm -hmm. I think he knows. I mean, he he knows what the fuck he's doing. I mean, there's no other story that you can tell that you know he's done in the past. Past scandals, past situations, and people just went mysterious, so I mean, the Owen Hart death is still, you know, being the base like, silver today. Who's responsible for what? And we're never gonna see that man in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because of that. Um, so there's a lot of things that this man had left had did in the past that got sweat under the rug. I wouldn't wanna be in him in his shoes, and then somehow. There's more people that come forward about the situation as well. That's going to make his situation more worse. I can't I can't potentially see this man doing any jail time? I know that one for a fact. Rich people do not, rich people do not do jail time like that. Not no serious, you know, not
3: for this. After everything jail else, jail time will go to like a here.
4: serious facility where you know, if he's part of the general population, more likely he would be someone's bitch. That, <laughs> you know, that's not that's not going to happen. I think. Good, Money can make sure that you be located to somewhere else. Now this yet. whole thing is just it's it's monogamous of twisted erotica, I guess, in his shoes of what's acceptable and what's not. And how it translates to television as well too. And yeah. now I start to think back, it's like, mm, damn, Trish, neither, Sonny, <laughs> God knows, there's too many people that I can probably go down the list for, but mm-hmm. It's is it's already seemed like it makes me want to go back and watch certain things over. Yeah. Well, I've been saying that, try that for years yeah. to tell us something like you know say from this angle or this angle, the Linda mm-hmm. McMahon angle, Yeah.
3: Wild shit. This man used to if you was a blonde diva back in the day, you know you had a storyline coming up where you was gonna be making out this Man in his office. Like, like exact Sable, that was a whole scandal too. And then she came back. And then what did they do? They made more storylines with them, making out and doing all that other yeah. shit. Man, Vince is a wild motherfucker, yo. He's a demon, I'm telling you. Like, some of the shit that came out this man's mind, just storyline-wise, like, I remember uh, the Vince McMahon DVD that the WWE put out, right? This is not even rumor. This is coming from the WWE. Stephanie McMahon talked about how she turned down a storyline when she was pregnant, where it was going to be revealed that Vince McMahon is the father of her child. Like...
4: Was that was drove away, drove away so many their sponsors, so many backlash oh, like behind that. It would have been one of the most detrimental moments. I think they would have definitely felt more affected by, and lots of other people probably wouldn't be there or exactly. probably even talk about them.
3: Now, like that, that's the type of twisted shit that this guy comes up creatively. I can only imagine like the type of shit he's into in his personal life, but. Still I mean it's just crazy. I never thought that cuz Vince McMahon he walks around like he's untouchable, right? I never thought I'd see the day where he would step down as CEO and chairman, but a lot of people they are I believe blowing this up way out of proportion. Stephanie McMahon is the, you know, the interim GM, not GM, interim uh chairwoman or whatever, CEO. CEO. You know damn well Vince McMahon is still running that show. He's still in charge of creative, never stepped down from creative. Stephanie is probably doing everything that Vince wants her to do. So it's like, what actually is going to be the change here? And I think that him coming out on Raw and SmackDown and just like totally trying to be the babyface and shit, you know what I mean? Doing the cheap, whatever, what was it on SmackDown? They were in Minneapolis, Minnesota, doing the cheap popper. Oh, here in Minneapolis, oh. like, bro. We last time we saw you, you was getting stunned by Stone Cold at WrestleMania as a heel. Now all of a sudden you got these allegations that make you like a real life heel, and you're over here trying to be babyface because now you're in the public light. It's wild. Like this guy is a fucking weirdo, and the people. I'm surprised that the motherfucking people in the crowd actually are cheering him. I see motherfuckers bowing to him. This is wild, yeah.
4: Because people, people in the WWE bubble don't leave the WWE bubble. Yeah, and whatever that they may feel is how they're going to react. Compared to if you go to other promotions, you look at the audience there; they are more vocalized than anything else. So we know that's thinking about WWE fixing up, you know, re-editing certain, um, certain fan signs, i.e., I- I- the Sasha Banks um, sign from the previous week and how they put yeah. that one out, which kind of foul that you do that. That's basically saying something. Are we going to talk about that? You know, this so, like, this more, this more to be seen when it comes to this. Definitely, and Vince McMahon, if I was Vince McMahon, I really would be, I really would be calling on some serious, powerful allies that have my back and right above now. This feels like a Donald Trump groping situation where it never, where it got noticed, but it never went anything forward besides, you know, some pretty small chucked up charges, but the girl didn't do anything, yeah. you know. It's gonna be one of these things, unless, like I said to you earlier, if more people get involved and more people that have lost money or lost like shares through WWE comes forward and say about all these infractions, um, this, this, all these infractures behind the scenes, that can create that that can create more of a case. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're blown out of, they're blown out of proportion because number one, the Wall Street Journal was the one that reported first. And, Wa- and the Wall Street Journal, that's a Republican journal. Like I said, that that's a Republican journalistic site. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This big man, he's a Republican. Why you think him and Donald Trump are so close?
3: Yeah, Linda's in Trump's cabinet. Like,
4: yes, yeah. So this, so this a lot. So like I said, like this is a lot that that comes into this thing that BCI and people probably don't understand to its full entirety, or They actually would just rock with him, Jimmy, just because they could be some, you know, narcissistic people themselves. So, so. People are weird. The world's so unbalanced right now. Forget it. Just the inmates are going to be ruined the fucking side if this man would ever become president.
3: (laughs) Please. That that would be insane. But (laughs) so we know what's called. There was also um, other people involved, like you said, with. the whole scandal. John Laurinaitis is a guy who's probably going to be the fall guy on all this. He's probably going to lose his job. And, you know, this we've seen this before, where whenever WWE gets in a little trouble, they fire any fall guy they could, and they don't give the blame to the guy who should be at blame, Ms. McMahon, right? We've seen it happen where Eric Bischoff was the fall guy for SmackDown's ratings dropping. We've seen Paul Heyman as the fall guy for ECW's reboot, not, you know, popping and shit. So it's like, do you ever, can you ever see a change happily actually happening in the WWE? Can you ever see Vince McMahon truly stepping down, stepping away and going, you know, just into, what was it? The, the, I don't know, man. Does he walk away? Does he leave the WWE? Is he embarrassing himself, ruining his legacy by being involved in all this at this point? I
4: see that this is like a... It's kind of one of those like rabbit holes that we're gonna go down and try to figure out the the my frame of events. I don't know what the hell this man is thinking right now in this day and age for you know someone that could be lifting over a thousand pounds, but yet you have the sexual depriving shit like that. Like you could be buying out a fucking strip club, you damn self and have a and have the time of your life. Why you have to go to this measure? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Dukes. I think Dukes probably would know how to fuck this feels. Some people <laughs> would rather pay the play. They'd rather go and take something that don't belong to them. So, <laughs> 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 and people get that. i so sorry. <laughs> but, um, ja, But, um, yeah. But this this whole. I mean, okay. okay all right. About the bad So, so with Vince this is what it's what the it is it, what the board finds out and if his majority or unanimous votes, is what's going to be pretty much the big thing here they can vote him out go Yo, take your shares or sell your shares walk in with this money just go yeah they I mean they could potentially do that but i don't see them back in back door him like that and then that does that means Nick Khan is really working his magic behind the scenes and he's let everything fall into place. Sometimes you don't even need to say too much. Just do your, just do your job behind the scenes. Don't say too much and then let people think that you're a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. And He's playing it like a fucking
3: savant. I've been saying Nick, Nick Khan is Thanos and he's working on that last infinity stone and that's Vince McMahon. So we, we seen Shane gone from the company. Up until last week, Stephanie was gone from the company. Triple H was gone from the company. And the last person on that tone poll is Vince McMahon. I don't know. But so we, we know that there's a lot of rumors out there that WWE is for sale. WWE is not for sale. Nick Khan is trying to, like, polish up WWE for a good, like, sale package. Do you think that this hurts that? Or do you think that WWE is going to try to sell faster now because of all these allegations? No, nah, they
4: ain't going to try to sell faster. It's more what happens to vince that's going to cause this if he's found or okay if they decide to pursue charges on him like really say that yo we'll charge him this that's when people is going to start saying hmm what's really going on behind these now and the shares the stockholders are going to be divvied up variously due to what happens so, as of right now, was this whole thing, it, I think this starts with down like 3% since last week. Yeah. So, if he did, so, I mean, if you're a shareholder, I'd be kind of keeping my eye on them because something is going to be transpiring with him going through this thing right now, this whole viewerships that's going on right now. There's not enough, there's not enough, that, that much people watching wrestling down this game, what it was 20 years ago. Um... This, um, the superstars, the megastar, the megastar that you was trying to build up, he's injured for nearly nine months. He's he, he's on the bench. Roman's already got one foot out the damn door, so if he doesn't stay, what's gonna happen with him? You can't bring bad part time people as your champions, like Brock Lesnar and um, they're gonna try, <laughs> Uh, Ronda Rousey, and shit like that, whatever. That's what's gonna be detrimental to that locker room, and you really don't have that much big stars that can be propelling to be UK. This is the face of the company now. And so Vince is in a, this is in a situation where he has to play this thing like a chessboard. Okay. He, okay. He's losing right now. He, he, he still has a few more moves to make. What move that he's going to make? Yeah. You said it earlier. My, my bro, my bro, um John Laura, John Laura is under the bus and he, he, you know, he was scapegoat. Shit. What about Kevin Dunn too? Two, you know, shit, two for one. Cause if he was in, cause, cause he was f- uh, funneling money to other shit like that. And he got car, he could fix up for 20 years. Yeah. And Kevin Dunn, he's in his sixties or seventies, I think. So imagine- Yeah, that, he's been so, with the, he's
3: been with the company for like 30 fucking years, but so, still, yeah, if it's gonna bring that, that, that much outcome. negative light then.
4: So imagine that outcome, What I mean, what could happen to Kevin Dunn too. John, I mean, they'll probably give him a package, a little bit a severance package, and they send him on his way. Yeah. And that's probably cool what be like his sunset deal. But Vince will probably be like the last person to get charged with a very severe crime. I think of anything else. They're also gonna say the one that makes the most money is gonna be the one that's gonna have the less charges because why he can pay for the lawyer. You ain't got no paid lawyer that knows this shit, That you about to be in trouble, sirs.
3: And we all know his lawyer Jeremy Hibbert, that he got, he got him away
4: with murder he's search. Um Cause i can be detrimental to that as well um so there's a lot of ways that we can look at this but this gotta be looking upon as investors and potential buyers scratching their head like do i really want to hear this problem and what am i going to do with a global wrestling promotion That, like i said you can't have anyone anyone run a wrestling promotion unless yeah. you don't have the proper knowledge and experience
3: that, that's for it sure. sounds
4: to like just any fucking RAM. It's game over, man. Like you motherfuckers is done. Yeah,
3: because there's a lot of rumors out there that NBC Universal is interested, Fox may be interested, Disney may be interested. So I, I think goes, that it, listen, if it goes to Disney, it dies. If I it goes agree. to Fox, yeah. it can
4: keep it goes, it can keep everything the way that it is. Except so now Fox would have more of the say For what they want in their television program now because now it's underneath their network now. Yeah. So now Vince won't have that much say anything
3: but that may so, make things pretty nasty with if fox does own the wwe and the video library still on peacock owned by nbc that could be a whole rift too between those two entities mm-hmm. so it could be you know it's really interesting but i don't i definitely agree if they do go disney then yeah you know the fucking wwe's den because i can't i can't picture watching attitude error shit on disney plus you know what i mean it ain't gonna happen they're going to fucking polish that shit up is going to probably, you know, be ran studio wrestling and they're going to make it real kid friendly and it's not going to be what it is today. So I definitely think that that would be a bad way to go if they went that route. It's probably just for the money and that will be that's it. Mm. But in the midst of all this, right, you had all this crazy news going on. Everybody's talking about it. But in the midst of all this, it was reported by Raj Geary on Wrestle Inc. that he had an inkling that Sasha Banks has been released by the WWE. Now, we all know what's been going on with Sasha Banks and Naomi walking down the company. First of all, for anybody who is a WWE defender saying that Sasha Banks and Naomi is unprofessional, but then is going to co-sign Vince McMahon and this whole allegation shit, like that's wild to me. Because I've seen a lot of that, too. Like People still calling Sasha Banks unprofessional for leaving the company where the head guy in the fucking company is doing unprofessional scandals. But whatever, right? But what's your thoughts on Sasha Banks possibly being gone from the WWE? And what's your thoughts on her next move? Is she going to stay in wrestling? Is she going to do more shows? Like we saw her on The Mandalorian. We saw her in Hollywood. Does she go that route? Or what do you think is going to happen?
4: Good question when it comes to Sasha. I mean, Sasha could pretty much do about anything. I think right right now she just needs to sit back and observe the playing field. Observe what she can do. Think about it, Sasha's like, what, in her third, I think, in what, her mid-thirties, right? If I I'm believe so.
3: Thinking, yeah.
4: She's still got time. She's still got time to squeeze in maybe one more run and potentially try to get involved into some acting projects and everything like that. And, you know, if you really need that, if you need, if you really, really got to propel, yourself it's the next level, I mean, you know, you got your cousin Snoop. And the guy got some foot in the door his his way to his own production company. So I don't know, maybe something that could be organic with that can kind of be like the start for her and then you know propels her to do other stuff. I mean, like I said, she's a beautiful I so she's a great woman too. So I think a lot of people would know her based off face recognition. So anytime she goes on television, there's gonna be someone that probably would know her or probably heard of her and you know, this and the third, bubble, blah blah blah. And Hollywood like that. They they delayed fresh faces that they never ha- have been exploited like that to the max mm-hmm. before. And she would fit perfect for that, for being in Hollywood. But I would see that more like, say maybe like a couple more years down the line. I say maybe two or three years down the line. That's why I'm saying like she can squeeze in one more run anywhere and then she can go out to Hollywood or go on and do television and stuff like that, whatever. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In mean, the world, the world should be the oyster, but um yeah, let Sasha fall back, let her look at the map. My guess is she probably gonna have one more run somewhere, and then at the same time she's gonna to try to do this media stuff until something's kind of concrete, like okay, like this is about to be hers. Now, what's she gonna do about this company over here? Is she gonna wrap up business or is she gonna stay and then when contract expires leave and then go off and handle your business there that's my yeah. thing about this
3: so if she does stay in wrestling where would you like to see her go
4: well she'll be a great she'll make a great addition to the impact of wrestling um locker room. oh my god if she goes to impact along with me again the other proposal Jordan grace talks to uh, Savannah Evans, Lady Frost, Masha Slamovich. Bro, you can have matches for a legit a straight year and de- you know, a decent rivalries to fill in those gaps, too. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Of course, everyone's going to say, AEW, AEW, AEW. In order for you to bring Herman, you're going to have to be releasing like five females just to fit that contract.
3: And they don't even get female. They got to understand that, though,
4: that you can't bring it outside entities in and giving them this crazy big money. Mm -hmm. But then you still got the people that's been signed since two thousand nineteen that's living off the little first contract that they had. And Uh then if you're in Tony's shoes, you're saying I have to write to pick up your your last year of the contract or not, which that's kind of like an NBA move, and that's a fucked up move. You know what I'm saying? Basically, now, we're not going to let you go. We're going to keep it for one more year, and then we'll let your ass go. Yeah.
5: That's
4: kind of like a shisey move. But I mean, of course, if she does go the fuck over there, (sighs) it's just going to be another hot potato incident with these AW Women's title and the TBS title. It's going to be one of those situations where it's gonna be jumping off and back, fucking forth, and that makes the title less disinterested. And to be honest with you, we don't need to see any more addition in AEW. They need to start subtracting, shaving off, and starting to, you know, get that locker room side to what it is and figure out what the fuck they're gonna do with Ring of Honor. And she's too yeah. big to go on Ring of Honor. So there's no fucking yeah. way I want to see you the fuck over there. It's either impact, AEW, or nothing the fuck else.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean. I know a lot of people, this, the sexy pick is AEW, but I mean, they have so much talent over there in the women's division to begin with, and they only give them like one or two matches a week, and they have five hours of television. So if I'm Sasha Banks, I'm looking at that as that's a downgrade from the WWE's women's division where they actually get more time. And I'm looking at Impact as everything that Sasha Banks is asking for I mean, now in WWE. Never,
4: I mean, listen, she's definitely going to get the time because that's who that's who the fuck that she is. She ain't no have like happy these women in that fucking locker room, like you're putting Britt Baker on TV, north for damn well she's nowhere near Sasha's level, and we see more of Britt than more of the real in ring performance and workers behind the scenes in AEW. So she would have came in, she's taking Britt Baker smart, or is it, or is going to be this whole Tony bringing in people from from other companies because he thinks that he can't trust his own locker room.
3: Yeah, I could see that too, but I I think that Impact is the perfect landing spot for her because like I was saying, everything that she wants now in the WWE Impact has. Impact mm-hmm. does put a lot of emphasis on their knockouts, tag team division. They do put a lot of emphasis on the women. They get a lot of time. Look at slammiversary. They were in a marquee matchup, the Queen of the Mountain matchup, made history, the first ever Queen of the Mountain matchup, co-main event, great matchup. If I'm looking at that, I'm Sasha Banks. I'm like, yo, that's where I want to be. Because you see the respect that they give the women in that company, so definitely I'm I'm all with it. I, I'm a big AEW fan, but I'm a bigger Impact Wrestling fan. I've been saying it for a long time on this podcast. I even said it yesterday. Impact Wrestling is the most consistent company right now, in my opinion. And they
4: just need, they just need a bigger TV deal. Exactly, if they need a bigger TV fucking deal. Then they get really start creeping up and really be like, okay, now we got another alternative over here that people forgot uh-huh. about. That it's been around, it just it just never got a bigger TV deal than what it was back in the day, and they fucked that
3: up. Exactly. Now there's there's other great options out there too. I know MLW is trying to really build a women's division. You see Taya Valkyrie over there. I'm a big MLW fan too, but I think that MLW may be a little too small for Sasha Banks right now. So yeah, Impact Wrestling will be the perfect landing spot for her. So I'm I'm definitely glad you said that because usually when I have to like this conversation, yeah, could see.
4: Tyler Valkyrie taking on um Sasha Banks or Will Nightingale. Like there's different females in MLW, like they're nasty too. Yeah. You know, they just they're just a growing market. That's what's going on. If you go, if your name is Sasha Banks and you go to a company like that, believe me, there's gonna be a lot more people that's gonna wanna watch the product just because you're there. Yeah. So that's not a downgrade. It's more of like, okay, I can rejuvenate on like the same way how people were talking about Chris Jericho when he joined AEW. That he rejuvenated his name because why? He brought because he brought season federalism to that young locker room of uh of a recognizable face that people know about in the past 20 years because why he been through any every other company that we have been already watched. Yeah now we see Sasha you've seen her in WWE you've seen her in the uh, in the Star Wars show and shit like that. That's on Disney Plus and Disney Plus owns it every single fucking home in America. Yeah. So people would know her face. Face recognition and the fact that she has an accolade behind her. Yes, I would definitely be Caesar Duran trying to call her up and like, hey, hey, you wanna start making your frequent trips
3: down to Philly? hmm And I mean, nowadays you can do both. You could do both. Look at we just saw Davey Richards on the Impact Wrestling pay-per-view and he's signed to MLW. So, we, like I said, Taya Valkyrie holds gold in both Impact and in MLW. So, if I'm Sasha Banks, I'm doing it all. But also with somebody the star caliber of Sasha Banks, with that comes, you know, you're going to have to be able to pay her. MLW, I don't know their financial situation, but like that's a big money contract. I
4: mean, right? they I mean they're still in the middle of that monopoly file um, file suit yeah. with WWE. So that's another problem that WWE has. You're in the middle of a lawsuit with another wrestling company right yeah. now for for monopolizing the industry. So WWE got a lot eyeballed on on the, for the wrong reasons right now. Yeah. So I think if MLW would have been like, hmm, how can we stick it to Vince? Yo, Sash, listen, we'll give you creative control, but we gotta pay you this much. You can go do all this other shit. We don't care. As long as we need you here to do these matches, and then some of the matches, they'll do like three shows in one sitting. So she could be in the midst of those three tapers, and then she can go out and and be away for a couple of weeks because of how they book around their um their booking layout. It's like every other week a rivalry continues on is like he likes her shit so that can help her out too yeah, so i think definitely. if you think about it, she'd be like, "Yo, so i'm only wrestling like once every like two weeks kind of hm. i mean i got time to do other shit too okay to it we on yeah that works
3: Now nah, totally leverage agree. i totally agree with that so
4: impact That's and mlw they're in great position and, they, and they're smart enough to try to reel her in
3: for sure, and if I'm Anthem, then I'm giving her whatever she wants because, you know, having someone like Sasha Banks, that type of star power on your show, I mean, it's only going to do positive shit for your company. So bring out the cash books, you know what I mean? Because it's worth it. She's worth to give the big money to. Because I know a lot of people right now, the, the, the whole misconception she's hard to work with, fuck that. She, she knows her worth. And you see, like, what she was doing in WWE, and you know she's worth a whole lot more. And Listen,
4: and, they're, listen. They're saying that about her, but we said the same thing about Charlotte Flair. About how many times has she been champion? Exactly. It was forced down our fucking on a weekly fucking basis, and we hated the fuck out of her.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It's only doing that because of. That's why.
3: I agree. Trust me, and I talked about that too. It's it's fucking. It's horrible, but that's the That's the whole. Yeah, like if you're one of the critical bullshit
4: uppity type shit. but yeah, mm-hmm. if you're. In Charlotte's case, oh, it's just her, it, oh, it's just her voice or her opinion and shit. How? They no, but yeah, same thing. It, they, they just had two different looks. What's the mm-hmm. fucking
3: difference? Exactly, but also the whole concept, like I said, I see people still calling Sasha and Naomi unprofessional, but they're excited to see Vince McMahon on Raw and SmackDown these past, like, week. Like, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, come and that, on.
4: And the, that's why I said WWE fans live in their own bubble.
3: It's, Not yet. You
4: know, like I said, it's WWE, or nothing the fuck else. They don't care. Exactly. Even how AEW fans. AEW fans is it's, it's over there. They'll get a fuck with WWE because they already know what the fuck that they're about. Mm-hmm. That's the whole mystique between these two fans in both these companies. One can't do no wrong. The other one over here, the book is doing some crazy unorthodox bullshit that's giving you dream matches every week, but it's going to run out. It's going to run its course.
1: Yeah.
3: Nah, I, I agree, man. But real so, talk, I really. i not the shit. <laughs> Real talk, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you always show love to me. I'm always going to show love to you. You're welcome whenever. Uh, let the people know where to find you.
4: OTTR, Off the Top Ropes podcast. Um, season 6 is still in the works. We're be coming back July 29th. You can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, as well as multiple audio platforms, just wherever that you get your podcast from. Type us in the search bar. You're probably... See us pop up in that bitch. Um definitely for the commission talk for wrestling nary you know, your Mike Nary, your OTCR, uh your OTR versus champion. Last week of wrestling. Um Damn, there's so much that we got in there. We got the very first all women's pro wrestling show coming out. The cnc connection starring all homegirls, Sharcy and Queen Courtney as, as dub her. Just, uh as we just the series premiered July 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on you exclusively on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Um Merchandise too, DecoSlides.com, to get the slides for the summer, bonfire.com and crop to crop some of the new merch and old merch, and so is tsprings.com as well. Check out the website at off the top rules and we got some other stuff coming for y'all, man. So it's been a busy body. So right, everybody better be fucking shout subscribe. Out to the gang, man. Oh, yeah. and one more thing. Fuck the Midwest, Mars. You ain't shit, bitches. <laughs> Period, nigga. No, now I'm on your ass. I can't wait to come back for season 6. I got a lot more shit to say. I'm giving y'all y'all time to actually get y'all shit in order because I'm going to try to attempt to do what Vince McMahon did in 2001. I'm trying to buy out the Midwest marks. Now that podcast will be under my usage. Believe that. Fuck the motherfuckers, bitch ass niggas. I'm not even gonna edit that out. Fuck B Mac and fuck Eli. How about that, man? I say, I'm making it perfectly clear. And who the fuck these bulls are aimed for? Shout out to Shark. Shout out to Courtney as well. The lifeblood of that motherfucker podcast, and we took that away from y'all.
3: Uh, yeah, I am most definitely, man. Once again, thank you so much, bro. I hope you, you know, yeah. I I can't wait for the fucking season premiere for season six. It's gonna be dope. Hopefully, I'll get on to some of the other shows besides Russell And like I said, I will be a fighting champion. I'll be defending the Russell champion. So you could see me on every yeah. Thursday. Every Thursday, oh, I'll yeah, be on. Yeah, I got some
4: man. after darks coming up soon too. Um, yeah, I got some after darks coming up too with some people that we're gonna try to reach out to, especially um. Some people that we were dying to try to get on the podcast for a while, but we're never gonna try to do it this time around. Keep your fingers crossed, and um, yeah. Did I say fuck the Midwest Bucks already? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's the so choice? It. Fuck the Midwest Bucks, you bitch ass sucker motherfuckers! How about that? <laughs> now I'm
3: done. All right, man, I think that's the perfect way to sign out then.
4: Awesome. I,
1: right, yeah.
5: That get tough in the hood till the wolves call. Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street. the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the
3: wolves done. Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a snyder, extend clip. So who wanna play hero? Go bash it like Ozzy. I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf, till we pull up and you're harmless. Pray to Oliver, Don, daughter, the top shotter The top spot, final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Bakiyah with that white chalk Triggers, finger streets, while Leave your brains on the sidewalk <laughs> Niggas that get tough in the hood Till the wolves call Bitches
5: let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves call Everyone strip on the floor the come. Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the pack Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dippin', creepin' through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life. Answers, yes, well, didn't nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight. Niggas moving packs, cause they hunting. Not moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up aight, something. Aight, Catch aight. him slippin' with them coals, and he ain't tellin' us nothing. Catch a nigga foolin' twice, and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacation, start bluffin'. Must've moved to Honolulu, changed his name to lovin' Said you know what you know That's for the back to remember And if a nigga leaking these we got to Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming, like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. Niggas that can talk in a the hood. Bitches let a drink in the club. To the Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the Everyone strip on the floor. The heard them, got them niggas. They be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet? They be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter atty, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dippin', creepin' through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life. And yes, well, then, nigga, pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight.
0: Chumba Casino has over 100 casino-style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purpose necessary. we prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today
2: to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time.